For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Durst Show. I'm not smiling today as I usually smile when we beginning begin the show. What what happened in Israel over the weekend is just beyond human belief. Even someone like me who lived through as a young kid, of course, the Holocaust and some of the worst incidents of uh, brutality find it very hard to imagine what happened in Israel uh, on Saturday and, and, and Sunday. And I'm going to talk about that. And I'm going to talk about what's happening in the United States, particularly on university campuses like Harvard, uh, with which I have been associated for 60 years in Yale, where I've been long associated as well. But first, let's let's describe, even though it's difficult to do, what actually happened, and that is uh, Hamas murderers, you know, CNN calls them militants, uh, they're mass murderers, um, terrorists. Uh, Hamas murderers uh, went to a peace and music festival uh, with lots of people there who support the two-state solution, who are against the uh, current is- Israeli government, and just conducted a massacre. Um, they raped uh, young women. Uh, in front of their family members and then shot them. Uh, And then they took their bodies, their bleeding bodies that had just been raped uh, and murdered and and brought them into Gaza and paraded them in front of uh, the people, the cheering people, the the cheering civilians of Gaza who were screaming and yelling, and and other uh, religious uh, 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 phrases, um, uh, they um, murdered uh, old women, Holocaust survivors, uh, people who were in a shelter trying to uh, escape. They opened the door of the shelter and, and they just killed every single uh, person in the shelter. We're not talking about military people. We're talking about children. In one instance, they handcuffed a group of Israeli toddlers, children. They handcuffed them and then they shot them in, in cold blood in front of of their parents, uh, and then they kidnapped uh, them. Uh, they took people, um, young people, whole families, and and kidnapped them and took them uh, over the border uh, into into Gaza. Uh, this was not about Zionism or about um, uh, politics. This was much like Kristallnacht. What happened in 1938 in uh, in Germany, in Nazi Germany, except that. More people were killed in these uh, events over this weekend than Crystal uh, Nacht, which was the beginning, of course, of the of the Holocaust. Um, so you would think that would happen. Whatever side you're on, whether you're a Palestinian, whether you're a Muslim, whether you're a Jew, whether you're a Christian, you would think that what these barbaric people did to these innocent concert goers. Um, would be indefensible. If there's ever been a meaning to the word indefensible, you would think it was that. But no, not to Harvard students, not to Yale students, not to students at the City University of New York, 
law school. I went to the City University of New York, um, Brooklyn College. I went to Yale Law School. I taught at Harvard University Law School for so many, so many years. And yet 30 some odd student groups, including, you're not gonna believe this, just check it out, including Amnesty International at Harvard. Now, Amnesty International won the Nobel Prize for its stance against war and against violence. But the students at Harvard who belong to Amnesty International said, and here's the exact quote, we the undersigned student organizations hold the Israeli regime entirely responsible for all unfolding violence. The apartheid regime is the only one to blame. No, not the rapists, not the people who put handcuffs on young children and then shot them through the head. No, no, they're not to blame. Only the Zionists are entirely to blame. The Jews are to blame. We've heard that before. The Jews are to blame for the Holocaust. The Jews are to blame for pogroms. The Jews are to blame for women being raped, for children being murdered. But that's Amnesty International. That's student organizations at Harvard. Now, of course, you'd expect the administration at Harvard, the new president of Harvard, to speak out against it. Not a word. Silence. Silence. Can you imagine if a single student group had said anything critical of black people, of gay people, of transgender people, of women, the president of Harvard would be on a megaphone immediately saying, this is not, this is not Harvard. We don't stand for that, you know, free speech. Maybe they're allowed to say it, but we certainly don't agree with it. No. Did the president of Harvard say anything? No. Did Barack Obama say anything? I've been checking the internet every half an hour to see what Barack Obama says about this. He's the guy who called me into the Oval Office in the run-up to the 2012 uh, election and said, Alan, you know me, you've known me for years. You know I would never lie. You know I have Israel's back. Yeah, I didn't realize that he had Israel's back to paint the target uh, on it. But where is he now? Not a single word, not a syllable. Maybe he'll say something. Maybe his backers and admirers and supporters will finally say, look, Barack, you got to say something. Not a word so far. Certainly he wasn't inspired to say uh, anything. You'd think immediately people would speak out the way, for example, Larry Summers, the former president of Harvard, spoke out when he said he was just sickened by Harvard University. He's been associated with Harvard as long as I have, more than half a century. And he was sickened by Harvard University. I'm sickened by Harvard University. Not a single penny will I ever contribute to Harvard University or Yale University or New York City College as long as they maintain this kind of bigotry. Uh, and, and why? Why do you think these naive students, they're not stupid, they're nasty. They're not student, stupid. Some of them may be, but they're not doing this because of their stupidity. They're doing it largely because they've been propagandized for so many years by their, their faculty uh, members, by administrators, to regard uh, Israel as, and Jews, 
as 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 a subhuman. And remember, these are organizations that believe in intersectionality. Oh, all oppressed groups uh, are, are are similar. So we stand up for you know gays. I do too. For women, I do too. For transgender, I do too. Uh, but, but not for Jews. Not for Jews. Uh, we don't stand up for Jews. Uh, and 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 that's exactly what's been going on 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 college campuses. Remember what happened when a single black man, a single black man, filled with drugs and alcohol, uh, in a fight with police, was brutally and unjustifiably murdered by police, George Floyd. What happened? The universe changed. Reckoning. Every major university changed its curriculum. Its allocation of resources, its admission policies, just in response to the unjustified and completely unjustified death of a single black man. Don't you think it's time for a reckoning at American universities? Here we have probably more than a thousand innocent people killed, um, at least 11 of whom are Americans, kidnapped, tortured, raped. You'd think maybe it would result in a reckoning. It's not going to. Uh, why does this kind of thing happen? Well, let me tell you who the most popular speaker uh, on college campuses is these days um, uh, on this issue. His name is Norman Finkelstein. You may have heard of him. Um, he and I have been in, in, in somewhat of a dispute for years. Um, uh, you know, he is a, if not a Holocaust denier, a Holocaust minimizer. Um, um, he has said terrible things about the, the Jewish people. Um, uh, and yet he is invited on college campuses routinely. He is one of the most popular speakers on college campuses today. And here's what he said, as these horrible rapes and murders were going on, if we honor the Jews who revolted in the Warsaw ghetto, remember the Warsaw ghetto was unarmed Jews stood up to the Nazis who were murdering them systematically, taking them to gas chambers and shooting them. And unarmed Jews uh, stood up, headed by a young man named Mordechai Anilevich, uh, who gave up their lives to fight against tanks and, and, and machine guns and well-armed Nazis and stormtroopers. If we honor the Jews who revolted in the Warsaw Ghetto, then moral consistency commands that we honor the heroic resistance in Gaza. I, for one, he said, will never begrudge. On the contrary, it warms every fiber of my soul. It warms every fiber of my soul. The scenes of Gaza's smiling children as their arrogant Jewish supremacist oppressors have finally been humbled. Can you imagine that? Comparing the Warsaw Ghetto, these heroes who are fighting against Nazis, to rapists, murderers, what an insult to the Warsaw Ghetto. But Finkelstein doesn't care about that. Uh, if you're a Jew, he he's Jewish uh, on his parents' side. He claims his mother's a Holocaust survivor. From everything I've seen, his mother was uh, a co-conspirator, complicitous uh, in, in, in the Holocaust. We can dispute that. We can debate that. But he's a Holocaust, if not denier, a Holocaust minimizer. Um, but to compare the heroes of the Warsaw Ghetto with rapists, murderers, kidnappers, people who put children in handcuffs and then shoot them uh, through the head uh, is just so 
obscene. It's it's beyond dispute. Uh, and yet, I have to tell you what's going to happen. This semester, this semester, a month from now, two months from now, Norman Finkelstein will be invited to speak at Harvard, at Yale, at the City University of New York, at UCLA, at Berkeley. At the same time, I have been banned from these schools. Let me tell you what happened at Brooklyn College. So I'm probably the most well-known graduate in modern Brooklyn College's history, certainly in the political science department of Brooklyn College. I donated all my papers to Brooklyn College. So a couple of students wanted to invite me to speak at Brooklyn College about Israel in support of the two-state solution, which I support. The political science department said, no, 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 Dershowitz, we're not inviting you. We've already heard enough about the Israel-Palestinian conflict. We heard Norman Finkelstein. So they invited Norman Finkelstein, and because they invited Norman Finkelstein, they wouldn't invite me, even though I'm a graduate of the school, to defend and support Israel and promote the two-state solution. That's going to continue to happen. There will be no reckoning. There will be a continuation of this systematic anti-Semitism. Now, the people who promote it, We'll say, we're not anti-Semites, we're anti-Zionists. Nonsense. This attack was not about Zionism. It was about making sure Israel doesn't have a single Jew living in it. It's a desire to ethnically cleanse the Middle East of every Jew. That's not Zionism or anti-Zionism. That's ethnic cleansing. That's bigotry. That's an invitation to genocide. And that's what Harvard University students, 30 some odd groups of Harvard University students are supporting. That's what New York City College Law Schools, the University of the City of New York. The University of the City of New York Law School isn't a law school. It's a propaganda mill. They don't learn property law and evidence. Uh, they learn that uh, you know capitalists are exploiting uh, the property of the people who really uh, own it. They don't learn criminal law. Uh, what they learn is that if you're of a certain race, you can't possibly be a criminal. Only if you're of a different race can you be a criminal. This isn't law. This is propaganda. Um, they don't allow the other side of the story to be told. Uh, there's no reason why the taxpayers of the city and state of New York should be supporting this non-law school. Uh, the, uh, the the City University of New York Law School. It never should have come into existence. Um, it, it could have served a useful purpose if it had allowed poor people to go to law school, people who can't afford to pay Harvard's uh, very high tuition. But instead, they've exploited these young people. The faculty, the faculty of this law school, the faculty voted unanimously to boycott Israel, only Israel, not Iran, not Cuba, not China, not a country like Iran that murders women who wear clothing that doesn't satisfy the mullahs. No, no, they're not going to boycott them, but they're going to boycott only the nation state of the Jewish people. They won't even boycott Hamas, only the nation state of the Jewish people. This is a university paid for by the taxpayers of the city of New York. Look, they have academic freedom. Let them f establish their own college uh, and let them try to get funders. There are enough bigots in New York. 
There are enough anti-Semites who will support a school like that, but they shouldn't make me and you pay for teaching this kind of bigotry. That violates our First Amendment uh, rights. If we have to pay, if we have to pay to have professors who are mostly incompetent, um, mostly you couldn't get jobs anywhere else, uh, teach students who couldn't get admitted anywhere else, uh, to practice law, to help, what, poor people? You think poor people are helped by these graduates? No, they're not helped by these graduates. These graduates aren't competent to practice law if they're taught by these incompetent teachers and these incompetent administrators. The dean should be fired immediately and all funding by the city of New York should be uh, cut off. Let them speak. Let them go on a street corner and promote their anti-Semitism. But there's no reason why the universities should be supported by the taxpayers of New York when they're not teaching anything, when they're just propagandizing. You know, for 60 years, I'm very pro-Israel, but for 60 years uh, that I've been associated with universities, I have never expressed in class my opinions uh, about Israel, even about capital punishment or anything else. I don't try to teach my students what to think. I try to teach them how to think, to be critical, analytic thinkers. And now we have critical race studies. It's the opposite. It's uncritical. Uh, you can only criticize some groups like Jews. That's critical. You can't criticize um, uh, African-Americans. Oh, you could if they're Republicans. But you can't criticize them if they're mainstream African-American or mainstream feminists or mainstream gay supporters. You can't criticize that. Nothing critical about that. The only criticism can be directed against the oppressors, the Jews. I mean, you know, this isn't Nazi Germany. But boy, I have to tell you, it is reminiscent of some of the things that happened in the 1930s, not only in Germany, but in at Harvard. Remember, Harvard University was a center, a center of Nazi support during the 1930s and even the 1920s before the Nazis came to power. Harvard University was the center of teaching eugenics that you can sterilize um, people who are mentally unfit. Um, and Harvard was teaching that kind of nonsense uh, back then. Uh, and it has a terrible, sordid history of how it dealt with Jews over the years, quotas uh, for Jews, quotas against Catholics, uh, of course, quotas against African-Americans. Um, uh, and, 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 and many other groups. And of course, women weren't allowed in and all that, a separate college for them. Yeah, I taught at Harvard for all those years, but I'm like Larry Summers. I'm sick and disgusted at Harvard, at its president, at its deans, at its uh, boards, uh, many of which have Jewish members on it. Speak up. You would speak up if this were about African-Americans, if this were about gays, if this were about transgenders. Speak up if it's about Jews and about Israel. Don't hide behind the claim that this is political and we don't speak about political. I just want you to imagine what would happen if suddenly universities said and, 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 and professors said, we ought to boycott one country in the world. The only country we ought to boycott is South Africa. Um, um, and, 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 and we don't like, uh, the way, uh, uh, the black majority is now treating the white, uh, minority. People would not say that was politics, 
people would understand that's racism and this is racism and this is bigotry. And what makes me so frightened for the future is that these useful idiots, these 30 some odd groups, Amnesty International, uh, these groups contain some students who will be our future leaders. Harvard proudly proclaims that it produces the future leaders of the world. Every time I speak to somebody important in Washington or in business or in entertainment, they always remind me that they went to Harvard. Many of them had me as a, as a teacher. Uh, Harvard produces leaders. Yale produces leaders. City University of New York produces uh, leaders. Who are these leaders going to be? Are they going to be the same people who praise, praise rapists, who praise murderers of children, who praise kidnappers? That's what we're seeing today in New York City. There are protests in the streets of New York City praising Hamas for what it did to these innocent civilians. What kind of a country are we? What kind of a university is Harvard? Where are the people to speak up? When I was at Harvard, I would speak up. Ruth Weiss would speak up. Steven Pinker would speak up. We at least had a group, a core of people who would speak up against these bigots. I haven't heard a word. I, they follow Barack Obama. Um, silence. Uh, they would never be silent in the face of anything similar that was done against other groups. Oh, but, but Jews are privileged. These groups are not privileged groups. Jews are like everybody else. There are rich Jews, there are poor Jews, there are smart Jews, there are dumb Jews. There are successful Jews, there are unsuccessful Jews. There are Jews who are privileged, there are Jews who are unprivileged. But the idea that all Jews are privileged, that the state of Israel somehow is is privileged, um, whereas the 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 the, the poor uh, people who Israel is oppressing. I remember Israel offered the Palestinians a state in 1938, in 19 before it was even established, 38 in the Peel Commission, 1948, uh, 1967, 1990, uh, 2000, 2001, 2005 in Gaza, 2008. Every time the Palestinians rejected the two-state solution because they don't want there to be two states. They want there to be only one state, a state that's Judenrein. You know what that means? That's the Nazi term of no Jews allowed. No Jews, no dogs. Uh, we saw that in America. We saw it directed not only against Jewish people, but against people of other backgrounds. But that's what Hamas wants. An area of the Middle East that's Judenrein, that no Jews are allowed to, to live in. And that's what's being supported by Amnesty International at Harvard, by 30 or more other groups at Harvard, by Yale. Uh, and you know, some of these schools, as I say, have, have, have Jews who are in positions of authority, but they're intimidated into silence. Even the presidents and deans are intimidated into silence. They know what happens when you upset a group of radical leftist students, woke progressive students, they close down the school and the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And that's why when 
somebody asks for the president of a university to stand up for justice and fairness and against rape and against murder and against kidnapping, the administrators are terrified. They're afraid to do it. They're afraid they will be canceled. They're afraid they will be banned. They're afraid they will be protested. They're afraid that they will be physically threatened and physically harmed. And no student should have to fear themselves being physically harmed. Uh, Pro-Israel students don't threaten to harm anybody, but anti-Israel students often do. And they intimidate and they threaten and they carry out their threats in some in some universities. This is part of a, a larger problem of uh, woke uh, censorship and woke McCarthyism. But I never dreamed I would see the day that Harvard students, Harvard students and Harvard faculty would support rape, murder, kidnapping. And I never thought I would see the day when Harvard administrators didn't speak up against this support. Oh, you know, usually Harvard administrators just say, well, you know, we, we, we believe in free speech. Everybody has the right to free speech. No, you don't believe in free speech. You would never tolerate free speech of this kind against other favored privileged minorities. They're the privileged ones on campus today. It's the Jews and the Zionists who are the unprivileged ones on college campuses uh, today. You have a double standard, a double standard that's unacceptable, intolerable, and indeed illegal because federal law prohibits discrimination in colleges and universities that receive federal funding. New York City University Law School should not receive a single penny of federal funding. It shouldn't receive a single penny of state or city funding. And Iran shouldn't receive a single penny from the United States. The United States unfroze $6 billion, $6 billion. That's so much more than Israel receives um, uh, in military aid. And, and, and the answer is, well, it belongs to the Iranians. No, it doesn't. The Iranians were behind this. They were the ones who, according to Wall Street Journal reporting, gave the green light last Monday in Lebanon to let this barbarity come forward. And the United States should freeze the $6 billion and should allocate it to the victims of what Iran did to Americans, uh, killing 11 Americans. Let the $6 billion go to the 11 Americans who were their families who were killed and the unknown number of them who have been taken hostage. And now Hamas says it will execute, as if execute is the right word. Execute generally means after a lawful trial and conviction. It will execute selected hostages. How will they select them based on whether they're babies or women or, or whether they're Jewish or not Jewish? But they will execute selected um, uh, hostages on television unless... Israel stops bombing Gazan Hamas targets. Remember, Israel is bombing Hamas targets. There's an enormous difference, notwithstanding what the New York Times says. But there's an enormous difference between coming over a border with guns and murdering innocent 
children, babies, women, raping them and, and kidnapping them on the one hand. And on the other hand, defending yourself as the United States did in, in Hiroshima. You can argue about that. You can argue that they, when they bombed um, Tokyo uh, with firebombing, you can argue when they fired on Dresden, when they bombed um, uh, Berlin. Uh, you can argue about whether they did the right thing, whether they overreacted, whether they were entitled to um, take military action that they knew might kill civilians. That's one thing. But you can't argue about going to a music peace festival and lining people up and, and murdering them and then taking young girls and raping them and then taking their bodies and, and displaying them. You can't argue about that unless you're Amnesty International at Harvard, unless you're the 30 groups. I have another suggestion. I think the names of every single student who belongs to any one of these groups should be published. If they're free speech, they should be entitled to say what they want to say, and we should be entitled to judge them for it. That's the open marketplace of ideas. The open marketplace of ideas includes disclosing the names of anybody who supported rapists and murderers and, and robbers. And so Harvard students who disagree with these, and hopefully there are many of them, should disclose and publish the names of every member of Amnesty International and let those members who voted against it, who don't support it, disassociate themselves. Let them quit, but let the full marketplace of ideas operate. And that includes holding people responsible for their views. You're entitled to have views. You're entitled to express them, but you are not entitled to anonymity when you express views of this kind. So I hope that various groups now begin to take responsibility. Let's see whether Amnesty International in general in London, the Nobel Prize winning uh, operation, let's see if they disassociate themselves from Harvard's Amnesty International. Let's see if Harvard disassociates himself from any group that uses the name Harvard. You know, I've previously said the Harvard Crimson should not be allowed to be called the Harvard Crimson. It doesn't reflect Harvard. It's a bigoted, uh, anti-Semitic uh, newspaper as well. Um, it should be called the Crimson. Uh, I don't mind if the pizza shop on Mass Avenue was called the Harvard Pizza Shop. Nobody ever associates the pizza with Harvard. But I do mind when the Crimson is called the Harvard Crimson. And when Amnesty International is called Amnesty International at Harvard, I want to know whether Amnesty International or Harvard supports their, their bigotry. Yes, I am angry. I am furious. I join Larry Summers. Those, those of us together, both of us together have spent more than a century at Harvard. We helped make Harvard. We were part of the reason Harvard had such a good academic reputation. I don't want to be associated uh, with Harvard as long as it remains associated with some of these bigots. So I want to hear from Harvard. And you'll hear about this tomorrow. You'll hear more about this tomorrow on The Durst Show. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.